Welcome to Leading to Sales. Thanks so much for tuning in today. I am really excited for today's guest. I think I say that every time that we have a guest because I just get excited about them. But I wouldn't have somebody on the show if I wasn't. But I'm very excited to have Hope White from HD White Logistics on. She is the CEO and founder of HD White Logistics. And uh, Hope and I actually met on LinkedIn. And she has an amazing story of how she has built her logistics company from the ground up. And I can't wait for her to share with you. And we'll be back right back right after this. Welcome to the Leading to Sales podcast. Every week, we're bringing you leadership, sales, and marketing strategies to help you move your business forward. Here's our host, internationally known sales and marketing leader, Brett Williams. Hey, 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 Hope. Welcome to the show. Hi, Brett. How are you doing today? I am awesome. Awesome. My uh, my wife and kids just left to go back home to Tennessee today. So I'm, I've kind of got that little bit of, uh, of my heart's in another state or at least on the way. <laughs> okay. I understand that. Definitely understand that. My husband's on the road, so I get it. Okay. How are things in Georgia? Everything's going uh, wonky because one minute it's cold and the next minute it's hot, but everything's going great in Georgia. <laughs> That's awesome. That's awesome. You know, it's it's so funny because whenever I knew that, I, that you were going to come on as a guest, I was thinking about how almost really kind of random it was that we met. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, right. You know, it was it was just on LinkedIn and it, I saw that you were, uh, I believe it was on the What the Truck podcast. And I have to make sure I enunciate yeah. for that. Yes, please do. <laughs> Uh, and um, I tuned into that and I thought, wow, so, you know, this, this lady's got her stuff together and that's not, I'm not, tr well, I'm not trying to know. get your head big or nothing, but so I, you know, I, I hopped on and I just said, Hey, you know, really enjoyed your show. And we just ended up connecting and um, you know, we kind of just stayed in touch for probably what, I mean, has it been, it's been almost six months now, hasn't it? It's been almost six months that we've been back and forth in touch. That's, that's correct. That's just crazy. And so um, I would love just, you know, I've heard some of your story as far as, you know, kind of who you are and what you got started. But just tell us a little bit about yourself, about HD White and what you've got going on right now. So I am Hope White, uh, CEO and founder of HD White Logistics out of McDonough, Georgia, um, and now Meta, Georgia. Um, we're a freight brokerage and freight forwarder. And we recently entered over into the space of container services. So we have a 10.65 acre drayage uh, storage uh, facility in Meta, Georgia, which is in the, you know, the south of Georgia here uh, to support the Georgia Ports Authority. Um, I am a wife. My husband's a trucker. He's been in the business for four years. Um, and I am a mother of four, uh, 18, 13 and five year old twin boys. A five-year-old twin boys. That's we were we were. <laughs> I would say we were afraid, but we mm -hmm. were. My wife and I found out whenever we whenever she was pregnant the first time that twins ran on both sides of our family, mm -hmm. and, mm -hmm. and we we had that moment where it was like we were there getting the very first ultrasound, and they said, "Well, let's check and make sure there's not anybody else hanging out in here." And we were like, "Oh God, we didn't think about that." <laughs> yeah, yeah. I actually found out at like month 
four and a half that I was having twins. Uh, initially, I thought it was just one baby, um, but then going in for the ultrasound for a check, it's like, oh, yeah, we got an extra one in there for you. <laughs> I can't even. I can't even imagine like just that moment of, oh God, what do we do? <sighs> oh, you had to be there to see it. <laughs> <laughs> So the you know, sheer joy, oh, <laughs> joy and terror and <laughs> all of it all at once. That's, absolutely, you know, absolutely. That's so cool. So mm -hmm. now you've been. How long has HD White been around? Uh, we've been in business since 2016. Kind of, kind of established a business. Really did nothing with it initially. Uh, my background is supply chain, so I was working for one of the big box retail companies there in logistics and transportation, um, and then transition uh, fully in May of 2018. Okay. Okay. Mm -hmm. um, so, I mean, obviously you did, you were in supply chain there, like you said, for one of the big box stores. How did you mm -hmm. end up in the supply chain industry as a whole? Um, I actually transitioned into this big box retail as a part-time job. My previous background was law enforcement for six years, six and a half years there. Um, and just kind of got um, overwhelmed with the, the, the direction it was going. It was kind of violent, you know, kind of rough, kind of dangerous with me having new kids, uh, small kids and everything. So I was looking for a career change. And so that happened to be in warehousing and logistics and retail. Yeah, that's that's so cool. It's mm -hmm. it's just interesting the thin thread because you know most people think of that you wouldn't yeah. even think of any type of relation between law enforcement and logistics at all. No, 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 you wouldn't. But it's actually kind of similar because you're solving problems every day. That's what you do in law enforcement. You're solving other people's problems, but in this regards, we're solving clients and customers' problems. That's so cool. So what? So in your industry, I mean, obviously logistics is an enormous industry and supply chain as a whole. Um, what kind of clients do you see that you're serving right now the most? So we specialize in retail uh, and distribution manufacturing, um, but more so the retail side. So we deal with a lot of your electronics, uh, clothing. Um, we're now transitioning over into building materials and supplies, um, which is something new for us. But yeah, that's mainly our, our, our focus. That's so cool. I saw also, by the way, and I don't, I don't know if this was your first load or if it was the first load in the state of Georgia that you had a hand in transporting at least one of the early loads of hemp in the state of Georgia, right? I don't know if it was the first load. I doubt it was. I think people probably have done it on the radar, but I probably put my Kool-Aid out there for everybody to see. <laughs> uh, now no, everybody I, thinks it's the first load, but yeah. We that's so awesome. Hemp. I've got a, a good friend of mine who runs a, both a hemp manufacturing facility as well as a, a more organic, pure CBD company. Shout out to Justin oh, yeah. if he happens to tune in. So he's out in California. Go ahead. Okay. Okay. Yeah. 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 We, we transported for a handy Kennedy Jr.'s farm here. Um, we were referred by the Green Toad Hemp Farm, which is out of Metter, where I'm actually located. Um, okay. We did... Um, yeah, that was a big load. Um, <laughs> we did that successfully. No challenges with law enforcement. And uh, we actually uh, have a couple other loads coming up here uh, that we need to transport for a couple other clients. That is just so cool. I just I love the way that um, the supply chain and logistics industry is one of the only industries that I know of 
that you really end up helping almost every single industry in one way or another. I mean, that's mm -hmm. everything moves. <laughs> that's right. That's right. Absolutely. It sure does. Absolutely. So, I mean, I, I know um, it's a big jump from, and I'm speaking mm -hmm. from a personal standpoint as well. It's a big jump from corporate life to entrepreneur life, especially when you've got a family, you know, and that's, yeah, that's always something that runs in the back of your mind. What was your trigger to make you want to just really embrace the corporate or the entrepreneur life and launch HDY fully? So even though it's a big jump, it was a positive jump. Um, the work-life balance, um, there are a lot of perks to being in corporate. We know hefty salaries, great bonuses, vacations, um, you know, gifts and so on and so forth. However, for me, um, the work-life balance was a little off. Yeah. Um, I was working 17 hour days, 16, uh, six days a week, had a corporate cell phone, laptop, uh-uh child, I, it was too much. Um, with fresh new babies, my boys at the time were uh, between, you know, one and two years of age. I wasn't spending enough time with them. My daughters are at a critical point. They're, you know, preteens, um, late teens, and mommy's not home. Husband's just getting on the road. Yeah. A change needed to be made. So since that transition, I although I lost a great salary, um, I gained more time with my family, quality time with my family, which for me is invaluable. Absolutely. No, I'm, I'm very much the family guy myself. So that's, I, I know mm -hmm. all about that. That's, there's a reason that I say my heart's on the way to yeah. Tennessee right now, you know? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Them your babies. Them your uh, they babies. Are. Yeah. They are. They are. Yeah. Um, yeah. During, during COVID, I've gotten closer to them than I ever thought imagined. <laughs> <laughs> right. I think COVID has brought everyone closer. You truly see the value in life. Um, now yeah. and it's our loved ones. It is. So what have you seen, mm -hmm. you know, in the logistics industry that has changed? I mean, you were around pre COVID and, and now you've, you're yeah. one of those businesses that has, I mean, obviously in the logistics industry, there was a boom, but you're a business that has right. taken ground and moved forward through all this. So what have you seen has changed and what do you see going on right now? Right. So I've seen kind of in several different uh, aspects of logistics has changed. Um, one, initially, uh, we saw where the rates weren't so favorable for carriers, uh, initially, because my husband is a driver, although I'm a broker, my husband is a driver. He has his own trucking company. Um, and no, we don't broker to each other. I don't broker freight to him because he sucks. Uh, he wants to eat all of my money and that's not going to happen. <laughs> I'm just going to keep it 100. Okay. Uh, <laughs> we don't do it because he thinks he's supposed to get paid. He's supposed to get paid the whole load. No, sir. Um, but since COVID, I do see that um, the market has taken a turn in a positive way for carriers. And it is a carrier's market. Um, whereas prior to, we understand that some of the regulations and tariffs that were in place had the market in a very bad spot for carriers. Um, so we see that. I see a tremendous boom. In volume, it's almost uh, volatile at this point, the amount of freight that's available out here to brokers and carriers. Um, and then from a diversity standpoint with COVID, um, we have had some, you know, temperature changes in politics where it has caused uh, customers and suppliers to open up their doors to more smaller business owners as well as diverse business owners. That's all. So before, I mean, obviously the, the temperature changes and there's, there's a reason that I 
put that the title of this episode is moving America forward. Because right. one of the things that I just absolutely love about the way that you do business is number mm -hmm. one, you are a value based person. Like you are right. committed to giving value to your cl clients bar none. Right. But above right. on that, you are really moving the supply chain and transportation industry forward in that right. you are an African-American lady in right. the supply chain industry, which yes, either, either of those categories, whether it's female or African-American right. are right. vast minorities. And right. so what are you, right. seeing, what did it look like before? And then what are you seeing that's good changes and bad changes now? Okay, so prior to, you've always had companies who've had initiatives, air quotes, initiatives to do business with diverse suppliers and people in place, such in roles such as supply diversity, where they were uh, pinned to do business, advocate for small businesses to come into the organizations to be able to have opportunities prior to COVID. And that's just was the gist of it. Have conversations with you, make sure they know where you are and give you all of the reasons why you're not ready to do business with the client. Um, since COVID and everyone was put in a pinch, whereas companies has relied solely on uh, all of the larger carriers and now began to go back to um, these diverse databases and now a source for smaller businesses because they see the value in um, us as small business owners, diverse business owners to pull them forward. Um, now the conversations have changed to where there's actually action behind and not just a conversation uh, prior to COVID. That's awesome. And so are you seeing, are you seeing that pretty much across the board or are you seeing that that it's kind of, that there's still, I guess, some lag in that. Oh, oh yeah. There's still some um, false walls. That's what I call them. Um, okay. There are still some false walls there. Um, and that is no, it's no fault to the company per se. I think it's still some of the people that they have in place or the gatekeepers. Um, yeah. They're still sticking to their own personal values um, and not necessarily looking at the benefit of the company. They're treating the business as if it's their own personal business based off of their own values and sentiments versus seeing how truly they can impact a small business owner and bring uh, opportunities to a diverse um, group. Um, and so um, a lot of companies need to reevaluate just who they have in place to help small, diverse businesses get opportunities. So, I mean, obviously being the founder and CEO of your company, um, mm -hmm. I mean, you know, this, this show is called leading to sales and we really do cover everything, leadership, sales, and marketing. What's it like to, from your perspective, to lead your company through this time, you know, where you're having, you know, having to overcome those false walls with potential clients, but then also having to make sure that you're growing your business at the rate that it needs to grow. Well, it's it's initially frustrating. Um, I'll just be completely transparent. It is really frustrating when you've checked every box that someone's given you to in order to prepare to do business and then still that's not good enough or they try to find uh, a reason to you know not give you the business. It is it is really frustrating, but um, the type leader and um, person I am as an individual is that there is no no for me. It's a not right now. And I'll find another way around. And that's what I've been doing. Um, 
not only do I am I just an owner of a freight brokerage and a logistics company, I am also, also a owner of a training and consulting entity where I'm hoping to uh, teach other small logistics companies and diverse logistics companies um, to stay positive, stay focused and prepare them to do business with larger corporates so that we can get these opportunities. So I have to keep uh, pressing on and keep the fight going with a, you know, <laughs> without frustration, without anger, of yeah. course. I um, mean, we just and just find other ways around, just educate ourselves, train and learn, learn more. So now is that logistically speaking, is that the consulting and training? Part? Yes. So the, tr the training part is logistically speaking dot online um, is where we do the training and then the cons consulting, which you don't have to put the link up, but it's hopewhiteconsulting.com. Um, and that's in an effort to help others who are interested in getting to supply chain and distribution, understand proper steps needs that need to be taken um, to prepare their businesses for success. Because unlike our competitors, it's not just a, a handshake to get the business. We actually have to qualify. Yeah. And so I want to help us coming to the door, be ready for those conversations so they don't get discouraged, you know, when they go knock. So when you're going through that qualification process, I'm interested, I would be interested to hear how does, what does that make your sales process look like, you know, as opposed to like you're saying a handshake? Yeah. So uh, typically, whereas I could just come to the door with, you know, I know you have this problem, let us solve it. <laughs> I got to come to the door with the capability statement, my profit and loss statements, how many staff I have on hand. I got to give you all of my equipment. Um, I got to do a marketing deck. I got to do an interview with your logistics coordinator, your analyst, your manager. I mean, <laughs> takes my sales process that's typically could probably be, you know, 30 days to about 90 to 120 days. It's a six month process just for one client. And then I may get the business. Wow. I mean, that's just, and that's after you've even gone through the process mm -hmm. of prospecting somebody and actually even getting into that point. Absolutely. That's before I've gone through prospecting and everything. Um, before we even get to that point. And even with the, oh, well, give us a call back in three months or give us a call back next year, it's the same song and dance uh, yeah. right over again. I've been prospecting and contacting one particular client because I just like this client. Um, it's not necessarily a profit for me. It's just, I just felt like I aligned with this company, but obviously I do not um, because I keep getting the same answer year after year and we're on year three now. Oh, wow. Um, so I've kind of just said, oh, it's not for me. Um, and I'm just going to move forward, um, and just move on to another client. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, so is that primarily because of the size of your business in relation to other logistics companies? Well, that's the answer that we get. Um, but when you look at some of our competitors per the federal motor carrier safety administration, we're the same size. Oh, wow. So some false walls there being put up that uh, some false, some false walls there. Um, you know, that's all I'm going to leave that right there. You don't yeah, want me to no, go I, further federal motor carrier safety administration for our insurance coverages. We're all the same size. Wow. Okay. Um, so, I mean, mm -hmm. how do you see that? 
impacting, like, how are you positioning yourself differently um, in order to, to even potentially overcome that? Like, what are you, are you just planning out a longer sales cycle or are you marketing in different ways? What are you seeing there? So now I'm no longer marketing to uh, partners that are willing to have me make jump through so many different hoops to get in to do business. I'm now marketing and prospecting to clients that are more willing to be a partner to me and more in line with who HD White Logistics is as a small business and value the service offerings that small businesses bring to the table. Okay, I'm no longer interested in doing business with the big boys or corporates who don't see the value in small business owners. Yeah, no, I can understand that. So now tell me what does your mm -hmm. sales, what does your sales structure look like? Is that is it do you have a team of salespeople or are you the primary salesperson? How what what with the way your company is right now? Well, we have three salespeople. I am the main. Um, I'm the, the last say on the rates um, <clears throat> before we confirm with the client. <clears throat> but we have, excuse me. <clears throat> I said Georgia heat getting to me. We do have <laughs> we do have a few um, two people who do sales prospecting for us and marketing. Okay, okay. So when you're, mm -hmm. I mean, in that process when you're prospecting, you're seeing, like you said, you're you're really specializing in the retail. You're branching into the building materials. Um, which is cool. That's that's an interesting niche that I, I you know you just don't sometimes think about. Okay, you're building a house, mm -hmm. but the wood's got to get from the woods to your house. <laughs> right, exactly, exactly right. <laughs> so we're, we're, go, go ahead. ahead. I'm sorry. No, you're good. Go ahead. Yeah. No, you're good. Go ahead. I lost my train of thought right there. <laughs> <laughs> I interrupted your cough was the problem. <laughs> oh, my gosh. This Georgia heat is just about to take me out. Oh, it's, listen, I'm over here in Charlotte, and it's it, we're starting to heat up, too, and I'm starting to feel it even in the room that I'm in. <laughs> exactly, exactly. So is the so I know you just launched um, the container. Uh, remind me what your what your what the proper term is. Your it's container storage, right? Yep. Hold on one minute. You're good. <coughs> Excuse me. <laughs> it's it's just the heat, people. It's just the heat, and and we're more than social. Oh my distancing. god. <laughs> oh yeah, we're more than social distancing. <clears throat> Couple hundred miles. I don't know what I don't know what just came over me. Good God. It's all good. Uh, <clears throat> so you're in, so you just launched into the container storage space and you, I saw where you just launched the, um, or just opened, I guess the, um, my, apparently my brain's taking a vacation too. You just <laughs> opened the storage yard. That's what I'm trying to think of. You just opened the storage yard and it's over 10 acres. So what, That's what, what pushed you to go in that direction? So um, about a year ago, I took a tour of the Georgia Port Authority in Savannah, Georgia. And I noticed immediately the amount of volume that, that they had coming and going inside of the port. And I was like, what? They're bringing out 13,000, 14,000 containers a day. And I am bidding on two, 300 containers a year or truckloads a year. That doesn't add up. So I did some research and found <clears throat> service offerings um, that were best needed for this, this area. And I found that to be storage. Okay. And that's just, I mean, cause mm -hmm. down there where you're at now, you're, you're just right outside <laughs> of the port, right? 
Yes, we are 65 miles outside of the port in Metter, Georgia. We have 10.65 acres of secured land um, that's open 24 hours a day, seven days a week. <clears throat> and you're really not that far from Charleston either. I know you've, <laughs> I've got you all choked up talking about this. You're so excited about it. You're just choked up. You're good. You do mm -hmm. what you need to do. You're yeah. good. Yeah. Yeah. So, <clears throat> excuse me, y'all. I don't know what's going on. I don't know if a gnat done flew down my throat or what. <laughs> I love this. Y'all got to forgive me on late, Dan. I'm sorry. Oh, hey, gosh. Y'all ever wonder if this is live and real? There you go. I mean, you know, unedited, <laughs> we're just coming at you. <laughs> exactly. <clears throat> we are 10.65 miles, acres of land, and we're 65 miles outside of Savannah. Yep. And so on that, I've got a, we've got a comment here from my good friend, my good friend, the new normal guru, Dan Altmeyer, um, for coming in from Facebook. Uh, he said, he wants to know, so do you own and operate the trucks or broker or both? So we actually broker the trucks. Um, <clears throat> and as of yesterday, we recently applied for our carriage authority, so we'll actually own about 15 assets. Are you kidding? That's awesome. That is, I did not know that. You're dropping new news on me right here. That is awesome. Yep. So, so we'll be asset based for immediately. Asset, asset based. That, that fires me we're, up. <laughs> we're going asset based um, in about probably about 30 days now. We've got to give the Federal Motor Carrier Safety Administration time to process everything, uh, but we'll own about 15 assets. Yep. That is so cool. I did not, I, I knew you were, I knew the answer to that question, but I'm going to let you answer it. But then I did not know apparently the entire answer. So that's awesome. Yeah. Going Absolutely. Into that. Absolutely. That's, and you know what, what I love and this, this just merges so, so well right into the show. And we did not even plan this. Um, is your, commitment and you can even y'all can see i'm sitting here taking notes while hope's talking um <laughs> that was like a subconscious your commitment to growth is what i just what i absolutely love because you are so much not the person that is going to be okay with the way things are right now you are constantly pushing forward and that's the reason that like that's truly the reason behind why i named this moving america forward because in the time that i've known hope I don't think she spent 30 seconds sitting, sitting still, still on her business. And no, I have not that take new ground mindset. What do you, what do you think helps you be in that mindset so much? <clears throat> I just, the willingness to succeed. Um, um, the bottom is never enough for me or the middle is never good enough for me. And for me, there is no ceiling. There's never a top. It's always room for growth. Wow. There is no ceiling. That's There is no ceiling. That's, that's <laughs> You're going to write that down, Brett. Uh, that's what I'm writing down right now. I'm, I'm writing that down <laughs> right now. You know, it's funny. So I had Jeffrey Gittimer, who's a mentor of mine on the show earlier this week, actually. The guy who wrote the Little Red Book of Sales and the Sales Bible. Mm -hmm. And one of the things that he... Um, talked about and he even mentioned, and it was a one-liner that I also had to write down and, and now I've got it on my wall over here that I think that your brand epitomizes is he said, he said, your brand should not be a color value should be the representation of your brand. 
Absolutely. I, I just um, see you living that out. Well, um, one of the things I always tell my clients is we focus on quality, not quantity. Um, always been that for me. Um, in my previous background in logistics and supply chain, I, I watched lo my larger competitors come in <clears throat> and just overtake capacity and not be able to keep up service to the client and how much that affected our business to our customers, to our end customers, because they weren't able to commit. And so as a small business owner, I really learned at an early stage in my business to keep your commitment to your client and to offer value and service over quantity any day. Yeah, that's that's so, so much, so money. And, you know, <coughs> to me, that's the differentiation that you bring to the market that yeah. takes you out of the commoditized space. Yes. Yes. I agree. Because so many people, um, <laughs> hold on. I just saw a comment from Dan Altmaier. I've got to throw it up here. Uh, okay. Dan, Dan says, while hope was coughing, I was thinking, keep hope alive. Um, <laughs> Dan's bringing the comedy in. I love this. I love this. Oh my gosh. Tell Dan, I'm, I'm holding on over here. I don't know what's going on, but it just came on all of a sudden. Oh my gosh. It's rough. I've, I've been there. And you know, what's funny is in today's environment, this complete rabbit trail that has nothing to do with nothing. When you're in like a store or something and you've got your mask on, you're being good. And all of a sudden something happens and you swallow the wrong way or something happens and you start coughing. And you're like, Lord, they're going to throw me out of here. And I ain't going <laughs> to yeah. have anything to do with me. <laughs> it's absolutely. Absolutely. I'm, it just, just came on and it's like right here. It won't go away. I'm like, come on. This is not the time for this. Okay. Exactly. Exactly. But, you know, yeah. I know that in the supply or specifically in the logistics, whether you're asset based or non asset based, I have seen that it's often treated. And frankly, a lot of people that are even in leadership have kind of resigned themselves to the fact that logistics is just commoditized. And right. to some degree, that's going to be a factor. You know, you can't charge five times what somebody else is going to charge and they're going to come because, you know, they like your trucks. But right, exactly. What, what do you do in your sales and marketing process to really show yourself as not just a commodity? Well, um, if you follow me on IG and LinkedIn, <clears throat> we try to show um, organic service offerings. So I see that a lot of logistics companies like to use stock photos and stock videos. We try to market exactly who we are as a company so that a client can see what they're buying or what they're purchasing from us is actually what they're going to get. So a lot of the content we use, photos we use, or uh, advertisements we use are actually our drivers and actually services we have provided to previous clients. That is so cool. That just getting back to that, uh, who you are as a company. Yeah. That's just, yeah, I love that. Who we are. Yeah, back to that. Um, I, I hone in on it. I, I think people have, well, I don't think, I know um, a lot of my larger competitors have lost um, the relationship aspect of it. It's all about how much freight we can gobble up, how much commitment we can we can cover or capacity we can cover um, and make to the client. But you lose that service aspect. I was looking on IG the other day, Instagram, 
And I saw where um, um, a person had a trailer that was tractor loaded that failed, had a mechanical failure, and it's been sitting for two weeks. And it's on one of my larger competitors and they have not repowered the load, whatever the case may be. Um, but, you know, working with a small business like HDY Logistics, we would have bent over backwards to get that trailer. If I had to go drive a tractor yeah. and repower it, it, would, it wouldn't have set two weeks. But given the, the constraints of the market right now, a larger competitor just doesn't see any value in keeping that client on with their business. Wow. And that's, you know, if nothing else, you know, as you're tuning into this, and we often, because we do this during the day, a lot of our viewers come in after the fact and, and they're tuning in after right. you're tuning in afterwards, especially when you're in these positions of leadership. Cause a lot of these people that, that we have are in positions of leadership across sales and marketing across a multitude of channels. When you're there, right. you know, I want you to hear, and, and I'm, I'm kind of pointing this out almost over the top, but I want you to hear the difference in what hope is saying versus the conversations that you're having with your own vendors, whether you, whether you do any type of logistics <clears throat> company or not. And the reason I'm pointing that out is because this is the difference between doing business with a small business owner and doing right. business with large companies is right. that figure it out mentality that whatever it takes right. mentality, I'm going to make sure you're taken care of because your business matters to me. I'm not just a paycheck. There you go. And you go. I just, I love that. And cause I mean, you know, when you, when you're coming at it from a business owner perspective and you're like, Hey, you know what my, it's, it's my food on the table. It's my kids college. Exactly. It's things like that. You know, it's, exactly. you're just like, Hey, I'm going to get exactly. it done for you. I don't know exactly how. And, exactly. And, you know, and that's where some of those false walls need to, you know, go away. And of course, this is come down, come down. Come, yeah. coming from one small business owner and another small business owner. So we might be slightly <laughs> biased, but, you know, <laughs> right. we look we're just a just a teensy bit. We are <laughs> exactly, exactly. So when you're um, in your overall process, because we've talked about a little bit about leadership, a little bit about sales. So in your marketing, mm -hmm. What do you see has been the most effective? Is it just that organic stance that you take of who you are and, and you're there unapologetically? Or what is it that you do that makes the difference? I am so glad you asked me that. <clears throat> it is actually me being myself. It's actually me being organic. It's not a, a flyer or some well put together video content um, and all these high tech gadgets and softwares and databases. It's not that it's actually when I reach out to my clients and I'm hope and I say, Hey, I got your back or, Hey, I heard that you all are having, uh, storage issues. Um, or y'all having issues with, um, carriers leaving you hanging on pulling your, your containers. And I'm speaking with them very candidly and very frankly. That is when I make the most connection with my clients. It's not when I lead with a sales pitch. Yes. And that's, you know, I was actually having a conversation earlier today <clears throat> with a tech founder who we were having this exact <clears throat> same conversation. And it makes me think, <clears throat> and I don't know who coined this term, so I can't give credit. So I'm just going to say I say it. Um, right. <laughs> <laughs> is I think we need to get away from this idea of B2C and B2B yeah. marketing, because now, yep. yes, there is a difference. If I want to sell you a $30 mm -hmm. widget, 
my marketing needs to look different than if I'm selling you a multi-million dollar contract. No question. Right. Right. We need to get away from this B2C, B2B mindset, and we need to move into a B2H mindset. Exactly. Really? And I'm even getting technical. I don't, I haven't heard this anywhere else. Somebody else has probably said it. I think we need to realize that it's all at the core. It's human to human. Right. Exactly what it is. It's truly being able to build relationships with people and connect with them. Um, But again, you do have some false walls that are robots and they have no emotion and so on and so forth, whatever. Um, But it is truly the ability to build relationships with others. Yeah. What have you seen have been the best channels to facilitate that for you? For me, LinkedIn has helped, um, but good old fashioned Google works for me. Um, I try to kind of learn a lot about the the customer before I actually engage them. So I try to learn what what they have going on in the news. if there's any, if they're publicly traded, what's going on with the stock. Um, I just kind of learn more about the client in a roundabout way versus just getting on LinkedIn, trying to find who's in a role and, and contacting them. Yeah. So good old fashioned Google has worked for me. Um, LinkedIn helps me identify who the person is I need to talk to per se for the conversation. Um, and then LinkedIn helps me, um, engage them, not necessarily in their DM, but maybe in some of their posts or posts that they're following. Yeah. It's fascinating to me because the, what you're doing is you're just, like you said before, you're just doing the work of building a relationship. And I tell people, I, I kind of liken it to dating. Like if, and you know, I'm, I'm married now and I'm, I'm well out of the dating game, but back in the day before COVID, however you, I don't know how you meet meet people now, but back in the day before COVID, if you were out and you saw somebody that you were attracted to or wanted to engage in a conversation, you sure didn't walk up to them and just say, Hey, uh, you know, you're pretty attractive. You want to get married? Right, right. And that's what right. we're seeing all across. And it's not just LinkedIn. It's all across so many other channels of people just, you know, you slide into <laughs> somebody's DMs. <laughs> right, exactly. And it's, hey, I can save you 10% on car insurance by switching to a company that I don't know that I can legally say on here. <laughs> <laughs> exactly, exactly. And it's like, you don't know who I am. You don't know if I'm looking for car insurance. I may not even own a exactly. car. And exactly, so- exactly you're just doing the work to build a relationship and actually engage in conversation. Yes. And yes, that's you know, it's, it's kind of like liking people's posts and content and engaging there is, uh, you know, it's kind of like throwing flirt eyes across the bar or something. You know? <laughs> you're a little weak. That's it. You see it. me over here? Exactly. exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So that's, that's just so good. Cause it's, you're really taking that relationship approach and I love that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, prior to COVID, um, for me, it was just good old fashioned networking, like you said. Yeah. Um, now COVID has taken that away. Um, but my true bread and butter was going out, meeting people in the field at different events um, that the companies might have or taking someone to lunch. 
I really gained a lot from those type relationships versus the not so personal over the telephone or email. Yeah. Yeah. And so now what you're seeing and correct me if I'm wrong, what you're seeing is a lot of that initial networking piece is good for, or is starting to be able to be done on, on, um, social, but you just got to make sure you're doing it the right way. That's correct. That's correct. That's so good. So good. So as a leader in the logistics industry, and we'll start to start to wrap up here with these next couple of questions. Um, as a leader in the logistics industry, what do you see going forward? Um, you know, some people are saying 2021 is going to be the cure all end all. Everything's going to be great on January 1st, which I think is funny. Um, but what are you seeing going forward into the next couple of years in the logistics industry and the supply chain and as, as everything goes? Well, just just in my background with supply chain, I don't see us dying down with this volatile market of capacity for at least another 12 months, maybe even 24. I mean, you've kind of created a domino effect here in the freight industry. I mean, even if we catch up, we still got that standing, you know, the other freight standing behind it and so on and so forth. So it's kind of a domino effect right now. And then with the amount of carriers and drivers, uh, the capacity versus driver ratio is not improving. And that has kind of always been a a downward spiral for the last two to three years here. Um, I just don't see uh, us getting out of this hump uh, for at least another two years. Um, I do, however, see uh, warehousing uh, growing, um, you know, more privatized warehousing growing. I do see uh, the need for more, um, more efficient ways of trucking. So I guess that's your autonomous trucking coming along because of the driver shortage. I do see that being ramped up at a, a faster pace than what it has been going. Um, and I just see that um, smaller business owners are going to be able to expand more because now there's more opportunity for us uh, to grow exponentially. Yep. You know, you're talking about the the volatility of the freight market. It was a couple, maybe a couple months ago, I think I saw Freight Waves post an article that there were like five or six fully loaded container ships that were waiting outside of a port in, you yeah. know, in China. And that's what a lot of people don't realize about the, the transportation industry is the challenge is there's so much moving right now and yep. there's not enough capacity to move it all. Correct. Correct. There's not enough capacity to move it on. We're sold out of shipping containers. Uh, shipping lines have just turned down. They're through booking freight for a while now. Uh, yeah. Nobody's accepting any more orders. And you still have all that freight that's sitting there waiting on the docks. And we're yeah. just talking about China. We're not talking about all yeah. the other countries that import and export to the United States. So, I mean, it's going to be a snowball effect. I don't know how anyone can say January, January 2021 Hey, we're back to normal. <laughs> heck, heck no, for lack of a better word. No, absolutely not. So do you see, talking about the driver shortage, and I know we're, we're kind of going down a couple rabbit trails here. Do you see autonomous trucking being the solution for that? No. You don't want my take on autonomous trucking. You have to do another show. <laughs> another hour long, just keep things rolling, right? <laughs> No, no, I don't see it being a solution. I see it being a viable option. Absolutely. But definitely not the solution. Uh, The solution is we've got to figure out how to treat our drivers better. 
Um, we got to figure out how to uh, treat them more than just a, a task or a service uh, provider, and that's it. We got to figure out how to bring them into the vision and the mission and overall goal so that they can see logistics all the way through and how they impact the industry. We got to figure out how to do that so that we can have drivers who are wanting to stay in the business for long terms. Yeah, no, that's, I think that's money. You know, that's it, what uh, the common theme, if nothing else, that I get from you, Hope, and that I have for the six months or so that we've known <laughs> each other. Yeah. yeah, and for the last and the last forty minutes of this conversation, you heard the same thing: value. Yeah, it's value and you. It's, yeah. it's value and relationships, and that's I just love that. Yeah, absolutely, it's just yeah, absolutely. It's so good. So, um, as we are going through and dealing with all this pro this volatility um, in everything mm -hmm. right now, um, you know, like I said, mm -hmm. you have you have been an amazing example, even to me, of of seeing how you're just in that that take new ground mm -hmm. mentality. Um, mm -hmm. what kind of message would you have for people that are even getting a little bit weary right now? And, and they're getting to that point where they're like, Hey, you know, it's, it's just been rough. What would you say yeah. to, you know, other than buck up buttercup <laughs> <laughs> from a, from a marketing and sales perspective, I will tell you to stay consistent, um, be organic, be yourself. Do not try to market like your competitors because you're not your competitor. You are you. You're your own company. You're your own entity. Find out what your mission, your values are. Hold to that and then stay persistent and consistent in that message that you put out to your customer. Once you gain your customers, make sure you give them the best that you have and let those customers and network speak for you to move you forward to the next client. That's that's just money. I've if there was one line in this entire show that you could take, it is do not try to market or really anything. Do not try to do anything. Yeah, yeah. Editors, you know, it, it kind of goes back yeah. to the phrase. What is it? They say, how is it? They say it, you know, be you because everybody else is already taken. Yeah, everybody else is already taken. Yeah. I made that mistake coming out the gate, Britt. I came out trying to market like I was Werner and JB Hunt. I ain't got them billions of good dollars. You know what I mean? I was coming out of the game trying to, trying to be. I was like, oh, no, this is not who I am. This is not what I can do. But I thought that is what would get me the business. And it actually was not. What would get me the business is what Hope White and HD White can keep their promise on and their commitment to. Yes, that is so awesome. Well, I'm going to uh, close us out here. Um, first and foremost, thank you so much, Hope. I've I've really enjoyed it. And if you want to hang out with me for just a second, I'm going to go ahead and just close us out. So thank you for tuning in. You are our audience. I know a lot of you will catch this on the replay or on the podcast platforms. We will be launching this show. Um, if you're listening to this live, we will be launching on all of the major podcast platforms within the next two weeks. So by Christmas, I think that's Christmas. Yeah, that's Christmas Eve. Um, we will have all of the most recent shows that we have done on all of the major podcast platforms. And I cannot tell you how much I appreciate your all support and the ability that we have to bring you the current leadership sales and marketing information. Now, next week on Monday, we will have a very special guest on. It's a friend of mine named RJ Redden. She is the founder and CEO of Black Belt Bots. Um, she is a chatbot builder. She is awesome. She's one of the most unique people I've ever met, and she has an amazing brand to follow with it. So make sure you tune in. That is next, that is this coming Monday, rather. 
on December the 14th at 2 p.m. Eastern. And I look forward to talking to you then. Until then, we're here to keep reminding you either post value or don't bother.